0: Hello, Roy. Here I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to the Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk to Yasmin Mohammed. She's the president of the nonprofit organization Free Hearts, Free Minds, and author of Unveiled: How Western Liberals Empower Radical Islam. Uh, Ms. Mohammed also wrote an op-ed for CNN. Many Palestinians hate Hamas, my father certainly did. Yasmin Mohammed is Canadian author, obviously grew up in Vancouver at nineteen years of age. He was forced to marry a member of al qaeda and her mother threatened to have Ms Mohammed killed for getting divorced and living alone and taking off her hijab. Ms Mohammed has also testified before. The Canadian Parliament. She joins us from France. I thank you very much. Uh, your life has been anything but routine. I mean, you've 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 had such massive experiences, and you're publicly outspoken, and you and you take a very public stance. Uh, could you st- first of all, uh, could could you talk to us about growing up in Vancouver and being forced to marry an Al Qaeda member at nineteen?
1: Yeah, sure, Roy so um as you can imagine you know it was it it was a difficult childhood Um, i've always been a very curious person um, and that is not at all encouraged in the islamic faith you're supposed to do what you're told and questioning is considered like from the devil that's the devil whispering these things in your ear and, you know, multiply that many times over when you're a girl. You're supposed to just shut your mouth and listen and do as you're told. So by the time I was 19, my mom had, you know, I guess she'd gotten tired of trying to control me. So she said that she chose a man that was, and this is a quote from her, strong enough to control you. And, um, and that's why she chose a terrorist. And um, I was put in niqab, head-to-toe in black, um, socks and gloves delivered from Saudi Arabia. It it's as, as you can imagine, living with a terrorist, you know, would be. Um, he was allowed to beat me because there was justification in the Quran. You know, who am I to question the word of Allah? He was allowed to rape me again justification in the hadith who am I to question and I had a daughter with him uh, pretty early on into the marriage and that's when I knew that I had to get out because I didn't want my daughter to live the same life I had lived and so protecting her gave me the courage to to get us both out. It was obviously a very long and difficult process um but i'm i'm very very grateful that we were able to get out and i had Cesis contacting me throughout letting me know that he had been imprisoned in egypt and showing me pictures of him behind bars so that i could feel comfortable leaving the house you know knowing he wasn't going to come and find us and kill us uh, but like you mentioned um my mom was no different than he was um she didn't act on anything she wasn't actually violent but she was certainly a supporter of the uh, jihadist and islamist mindsets and so um you know i had to stay quiet for for many years Um, uh, it wasn't until you know I wrote my book once my daughter was old enough to go off to college actually because I figured if they found me at least they're not going to find her. The most they're going to do to me is you know kill me, but with my daughter I didn't know you know they they'd take her and try to I don't know what, try to convert her to their ideology. Um and so it was a it was a very scary time for a very long time. And even now speaking out it's um it's really just because I feel compelled to do it. You know, there's there are not enough voices like mine out there that are being heard. We're being silenced. We're silenced from our own communities obviously that want us killed. In 15 Muslim majority countries I would be executed for my crime of renouncing Islam. And then in Canada and other Western countries, we're silenced from the mainstream, from the from the left, from the liberals who feel that we are being Islamophobic and bigoted and whatever, um, for speaking about our own experiences and for trying to warn the West, really. Um, and... This is exactly what you see on the streets today. What you were talking about, yeah, you know, happening in Montreal in the schools. That's exactly what we've been trying to say.
0: I want to ask you about this because uh, you wrote an op-ed for CNN, and uh, the title of it: "Many Palestinians in Gaza Hate Hamas." My father certainly did. That's what you wrote, and that certainly runs counter to the international demonstrations against Israel and in support of Hamas. As the Government of Gaza representing the interests of Palestinians, now I was saying um yesterday and today that Jake Tapper uh, filed a report, an editorial comment that was actually placed on Twitter by Ambassador Idommoad, the Israeli Ambassador to Canada who was on the air with us yesterday, and they have representatives of Hamas were asked about all the tunnels they have under Gaza. And they said, "Oh, th- those tunnels are for us to safeguard us from the airplanes." That's exactly what he said. So the question was, "Well, why don't you build air raid shelters for the Palestinian uh, Palestinians in Gaza?" Oh, they're uh, they're refugees, so they're the problem yeah. of the United Nations. They're not our problem. So, uh, could you just address what, what the, the, the points that you were making in your op-ed?
1: Yes, I mean it's exactly what you're what you're saying there. So. Just like, you know, in Iran, we didn't hear the voices of the Iranian women for 40 years. You know, the Islamic regime was 40 years ago, and we only now saw them in the streets burning their hijabs, fighting against this regime. When you are under, when terrorists control you, you're not going to hear the voices of the dissidents. You're not going to hear the voices of the people who don't want to kill Jews and who want a two peace or two state solution and who are interested in in freedom, you won't hear their voices. They're going to be silenced. They're going to be imprisoned by Hamas. I mean, they had protests. One was called We Want to Live. And um you know, people were tortured in the streets, gunned down, imprisoned because they dared to speak up against this terrorist organization that was leading their homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you you know, they, they had a couple of those protests. You see some campaigns, like there's one called Whispers from Gaza, where they they just release voice recordings where people are just sharing how they're feeling, how stifled they are, how... You know how much they're struggling under this dictatorship Um, but you you can't hear their voices you're only going to hear the voices of hamas because they're the ones that are in qatar and in turkey they're the ones with the billions of dollars where they can get the fancy suits and the microphones and they can get their voices out there and they can get their propaganda out there and that's always the way it is. You'd never hear the voices of the people that are suffering in these communities. You don't hear the voices of the women and the children and the gay people. You're going to hear the voices of the powerful, the ones who will, you know, murder or imprison any voices that counter them.
0: Yeah, we've been uh, we've been following the situation in Iran. And the two young women, a 22-year-old and a 16-year-old, who removed their hijabs and... Uh, were beaten for it. It clearly uh, indicates they were beaten, and then they died. And uh, the state is saying oh, they just fell, or something uh, something you know uh, unfortunate happened, and they're dead. Well, it's fairly obvious what happened to them. They were murdered for their efforts. Now, you, you do ad- you advocate for women and for the LGBT community? So uh, you do that in your book. You do that on your on your podcast. Speak to us about that.
1: Yeah, women, LGBT community and also I speak up against anti-Semitism because these are the 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 most um pernicious, insidious, vicious things that I was brought up with that um I think that even when even when people recognize sometimes um you know the the, the fact that Islam is flawed in many ways and they can even choose to leave the religion. It takes a while to get rid of these deeply ingrained hates um and yes it's i did have what we now call internalized misogyny you know i was taught that men are smarter than women women are less intelligent than men hell is going to be filled with women you know i was taught that men are the, the responsible for women and the guardians of women which is why you have the guardianship laws in places like Saudi Arabia um and uh you know there's so much gender apartheid there's so much segregation there's so much subordination of women um and then the same is true with the um lgbt community constant talking about how immoral it is i'm sure you've heard of the the punishment and the hadith for gay people is to be thrown off the highest roof and then to be stoned once you land on the ground i mean the most barbaric horrific things the only discussions they have is you know how should we kill gay people Not. If they should kill gay people, is
0: this? Uh, I mean, is um, this? Is this? Uh, are you saying this is all of Islam, or is it a part of Islam? Is it Saudi Arabia? Is it other uh, other sectors? What do, What are we talking about here?
1: So I'm talking about the fundamentals of the religion itself. Mm-hmm. That does not, by any means, mean that all Muslims are going to follow the fundamentals of the religion. It's much like Christianity. Right. There's some horrible stuff in the Old Testament, but you're not going to find your average Christian following any of those things. Um, But in Islam, it's it's a it's a different scenario in that Muslims regard the Quran as the literal word of Allah. And so the you'll find the percentage of the people who do not follow these things and who renounce these things. Um, are smaller only because of the social pressures and sometimes law enforcement in places that have morality or re- religious police. Um, there are there are pressures to follow the religion, um, so people are are forced to do that. We're not talking about secular countries with you know separation of church and state or mosque and state, so we can't even know how many free thinkers there are um with my organization free hearts free minds we're just inundated constantly we can't keep up with the demand we support people who have renounced Islam, and we offer um support and community and honestly we can only support about 30 percent of the people who contact us because we just we just can't keep up with the demands so there are we, a lot where- of people that are interested in becoming free thinkers in yeah. all of these countries. Where do we
0: find it's your podcast? Very very difficult. Where do we find the podcast, Yasmin? Where is it? How do people um, find the it? The
1: podcast is if you go to my, it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's um, it's on Apple I, um, Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. But if you just go to my website, yasminmohammed.com and then click on podcasts. You'll find all the links there.
0: Okay, so and all the
1: videos there.
0: When you see, and you wrote in your op-ed that your your dad had no use for for Hamas. Mm-hmm. Um, when you watch the demonstrations that are taking place, were hundreds of thousands of people in London yesterday. Our guest, uh, who is from London, uh, lives in London, told us a lot of these people were just either they arrived just for this massive demonstration. They're not really residents of the area or even residents of England. But when you watch these demonstrations take place, supporting Hamas, and then when you think of October the 7th, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, my thoughts are that these people are not there because they support Palestinians or because they understand how the people of Gaza have been suffering under Hamas or if they have any idea what it's like. They wouldn't even be able to find Gaza on a map or know what river or what sea they're referring to in their genocidal calls. These are people that are purely anti-Semitic. This is the one of the, you know, unifying parts of the 57 Muslim-majority countries is the anti-Semitism. So, you know, you know how in Syria, Assad has killed hundreds of thousands of Syrians. Saudi Arabia has killed hundreds of thousands of Yemenis. We've seen videos of them starving to death and suffering in in Afghanistan right now. They're kicking out millions of Afghani refugees with they have no home. They have nowhere to go. They're just kicking them out of the country. The way that the Muslim people treat other Muslims every day is so vicious and so atrocious and so horrible, but you never hear about it.
0: So you I don't
1: see people in the streets about that. They're in yeah. the streets now because it's it's against Jewish people.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of hundred thousand people in London yesterday. You have about a minute left. How do you, uh, are, 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 do you feel safe? Do you feel like you're, you're you know? Safe in what you do, you're you're uh, recognized as a as a great supporter of human rights, and you've testified at the Canadian Parliament. In, in, in we have less than a minute. Do you feel safe?
1: I think that I I take the words of Salman Rushdie to heart when he said you have to choose to not be afraid because once you allow the fear to control you, you're allowing them to control you. And I've already spent more than enough of my life being controlled by fear and being controlled by them. And so I refuse anymore.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever